0: You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, Casey Foreman. This is a show discussing what's going on in the world of sports. And you can listen every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Right, guys, welcome to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your host, as always, Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. You know, it has been an insane and a packed week uh, for sports and the world uh, of sports. Hopefully, everybody had a fun and safe week and weekend. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, as far as what the past week has had, you know, I want to give you guys a quick recap before we get to the breakdown of the episode. You know, the this past week, especially, has been filled, like I said, with stuff going on. Steve Nash, okay, Steve Nash is now coaching Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving uh, on the Brooklyn Nets. So Steve Nash is now coaching Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. The Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one overall seed, right? Uh, they are going going to be going home in these after the second round of the postseason after having uh, title hopes. Uh, the NFL season is officially kicking off this week on Thursday. We got the Texans and Chiefs, and then Sunday we are back with a whole day of football. Cannot wait to see my Cowboys face off against the Rams. Either way, I, I am looking so forward to Sunday as well as you know the sneak peek almost the start uh, on Thursday. Uh, and then I forgot to mention, as far as the NBA goes, you know, the, both L.A. series uh, for the Clippers and Lakers have gone back and forth. All the series in the Eastern Conference have been pretty surprising. Uh, both have been intense and, uh, and and entertaining, I should say. All, all series have been that, I should say, in the, in the NBA postseason. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins gets his extension. Uh, also, uh, this week in the news, uh, he ha- will be extended with the Arizona Cardinals through the year of 2024, I believe, through his, what what is said now. He'll be there through 2024. Uh, so good for Arizona locking up, you know, a number one threat for their number one, uh, you know, young young quarterback. Uh, so good for them for locking up a, a threat for him for years to come. So good for them. Happy for that. Uh, you know, Clowney, Judevian Clowney, he's been out in the news for a while hasn't found a home finally he finds uh, a place for a year a temporary home as you as you can say in uh, the Tennessee Titans signs, I believe a one-year deal uh, is going to be in Tennessee adding to that defense so you uh, know decent move there for the Titans I don't I don't hate it I don't love it it's okay pretty good uh, we're gonna finally see that one Sunday uh, you know drew or uh, yeah drew against Brady uh, however this time Brady will be in a different uniform you uh, know a much much more colorful uniform and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so uh, we're finally gonna see Brady as a buccaneer and we're finally gonna see the guy who's been you know in those blue that blue uniform in Carolina for so long we're gonna si- see him in a darker shade of blue perhaps uh, for the New England Patriots so uh, cam Newton will officially be a Patriot. We're going to see him this weekend as well. So this past week has been filled with stuff. And the next week, I'm guessing, as you guys are are expecting as well, is going to be filled with quite possibly even more. So I'm looking forward to it. And as far as like a sportscaster, you know, what I'm doing right now, it's been a dream come true pretty much. And I'm guessing, I'm hoping it continues for the next, you know, coming weeks. We have the NBA, NFL, uh, MLB, everything, NHL, everything is going at the same time not sure if that has ever happened it never has at this point in time so you know in in the year so that's insane i also went to the movies for the first time in what six months seven six seven months who knows how long now but i, I went to the movies for the first time i think since february so it's september now so yeah mo- maybe seven months now so I, I went yeah it it's been nice it, it was very nice I went and saw the movie Tenet by Christopher Nolan and if you guys haven't had a chance to go and see that quite yet I want to encourage you to do that great film uh, it was it was entertaining throughout the entire thing uh, uh, a true. Christopher Nolan film, if you've seen a lot of his his films, you won't be disappointed. I would totally recommend you guys go check that out at the movie theaters. I'm not sponsored by that quite yet. I wish I was, but uh, just a recommendation from me. Nice to get back in the movie theaters. Fun and safe experience. I recommend anyone doing that if they can't. But let's get to, t- to today's episode. Uh, what uh, it's going to be looking like? A quick breakdown of what today's podcast is going to look like. So let's start out with those Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, obviously, they're done. You know, I, I in my opinion, they are done. If they are not already, I'm recording this. in you know, while they're playing, so it is not. Um, it's not quite over yet for Milwaukee, in my point of view. So I haven't quite seen game. What game five now? Um, but Milwaukee's done a very disappointing ending and a very impressive showing from the Miami Heat. Uh, after that, I want to discuss uh, you know, that Larry O'Brien trophy. I believe one way or another, it will end up in Los Angeles uh, come this offseason. It will be in Los Angeles. So uh, I want to discuss that one way or another. Uh, one of the L.A. teams will be the champions. Uh, and then at the very end of the show, I want to discuss the NFL because, like I said, we are back. The NFL is officially back. Uh, I want to talk about the different divisions of the NFL. My prediction, uh, my predictions for all the different divisions in the NFL. So don't go anywhere. We have a lot going on today in today's show, a pack show, uh, if you will. But like I said, let's talk about those Milwaukee Bucks. Let's start out with that. You know, after they went down 0-3, 1-3, I knew, I knew that it was over. Okay, I knew it was over, despite me picking them. The Milwaukee Bucks. I picked them to win in seven games, actually. Uh, but we we have seen them all season. Okay, they've have, have pretty much been dominant. It seems like all season. Okay, they had their best record in the entire NBA, either conference, East or West. Uh, 56 and 17, uh, eighth best offense, but the number one overall rated defense. So a very good team. Uh, top ten defense and the number or sorry, top ten offense and a number one in the number one defense overall. So a very very good team in Milwaukee, uh, the number one pace in the NBA. So the you know the pace that they were playing at overall, they're number one in the league at that. So a very fast pace, despite only being eighth at offense, you know making up for it with number one defense, a lot of fast break points, you know, and so on. Uh, but they seemed to run through that Eastern Conference. At one point, they were at a 70 win pace. Uh, so they were running through the Eastern Conference, especially at one point. I think they didn't lose their 10th game until after they won over 40. Right. So it was insane. Uh, they, they were on a complete tear uh uh Let's see. Yeah, led by say almost a seventy-win uh, pace at one point. Led by the two all-stars in Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like I said, uh, Middleton has been a, a all-star in this league for consecutive years now. Obviously, Giannis a MVP in this league, the Defensive Player of the Year this year. Despite me thinking it probably should have went to Anthony Davis. You guys know I should have went to that. You know Anthony Davis had more blocks, more steals. Turn that Laker defense into the worst, you know, defense into one of the best defense in the entire league. So that is because Anthony Davis, I think he should have been the defensive player over Giannis. But when Giannis is defensing a player or, or is, uh, defending a player, uh, you know, that player shoots 30% from the floor. So that is, is that, that is the Giannis effect on defense and it is real. So I, I understand why Giannis won that. He's the probable two time back to back MVP with what it's looking like this year. Uh, and he did, sh- he did show, a uh, slight improvement from his outside jump shot you know from the three point land uh 25% going up to 30%. So yes, it has gone up and there is a slight improvement there, 25 to 30. Not great, but it's going up. You know, It's going up 25 to 30. It's going up in 5%. That's quite a leap in three-point percentage. So good for Giannis. Middleton was a percentage point away from a 50-40-90 season. So you know what Chris Middleton does? I don't think he's necessarily the Robin to win a championship. I think that's being proven now. He played in-game what in Game 4, he played in Game 4 that he do, he showed in Game 4, I should say, that he does have the capability of doing that, but he isn't quite there. If he can play like he did in Game 4, yes, he, he is a, a second best player, but that is not what he has been doing and not what he ha- has been doing at all throughout the entire postseason or especially this series. But in the regular series, he was a percentage point away from a 50-40-90 season. Uh, they won a lot of their games by a very wide, a very large margin. They are not used to close and tough ball games. You know, Giannis only averaged 30 minutes in the regular season. Giannis only averaged 30 minutes in the regular season. Okay, Chris Middleton didn't even crack the 30-point mark at 29.9, almost there, but didn't even crack 30 minutes point uh, per game. And Giannis was the only player on the Bucks team to go at or over 30 minutes per game. So that Bucks that Bucks team like I said used to winning by a large margin and not used to playing all 48 minutes by any means, uh, game one, the Heat win by the Heat win by eleven points, uh, one fifteen to one o four. Giannis only eighteen points, uh, plays thirty six minutes, but you know a game where he needs to play close to forty, he only plays thirty six, only only scores eighteen. Jimmy Butler scores forty points and looks like the better player in the matchup. Uh, game two comes along, then the Heat win by two points, one sixteen to one fourteen. Giannis again only thirty five minutes, uh, but does have th- but does have. 29 points. So he plays uh, much better than comparison to game 1 but only 35 minutes again in a game where he needs to be playing 40 minutes. A close playoff game, a must-win game. Game 3 rolls around. The Heat win again. They blow the, the the Bucks out off the floor, despite the Bucks having a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter. The Heat win 115 to 100. Giannis only only plays 34 minutes. I know he kind of he kind of screwed his ankle at the beginning of the game, but still he played. He only plays 34 minutes. However, only scores 21 points. They lose by 15 points, despite having a 12-point lead again in the beginning of the fourth quarter. They lose by 15, and Giannis only plays 34 minutes. Game four comes. Along the or Milwaukee finally steals a game 118 to 116 Giannis has 19 points in the first half but re-injures an ankle and misses the entire second half Chris Middleton finally plays like a Robin like the Robin to a Batman plays very well in the third quarter hits a big shot in overtime hits some big free throws and if, if he's been playing like that they win this series but he has not been playing like that and that's why they end up winning this game is because Chris Middleton plays so well Uh, but you know, as far as the Bucks goes, it's been the same thing, uh, for them all all year in all series. Okay. No late game identity without Giannis. They honestly looked better late in game because the ball was just moving. They actually had ball movement, but late in game, they have had no late game identity. They don't know what to do. Who's taking the last shot, who can shoot the outside jumper. You know, they have no one to shoot them back into games. Giannis, not an outside jump shooter, Chris Middleton being very inconsistent player, the ball doesn't move as well. Giannis can somewhat be a ball stopper. You know, obviously him needing to get to his spots down low, he can be a ball stopper in ball movement. That's why they might have played a little better with him being out. Uh, they need to move the ball more, to, even with him playing. Uh, but they also have no one, in my opinion, to take or make that big shot. Chris Middleton should be that guy, you know, being a 50, 40, 90 guy and Giannis not being an outside jump shooter. Chris Middleton should be that guy, but has been inconsistent. Giannis is not an outside jump shooter. Chris, you know, they have guys like, 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 uh, what, Corver and Hill who perhaps. Could could take that last shot, but have been inconsistent. They're older. That's not their place to take the last final big shot. It should be Giannis or Middleton. Giannis can't take it because of his ability and non-ability to shoot outside. And, and Chris Middleton should be able to, but is incapable because inconsistent. So that has been the problem. Uh, and, and the coaching as well needs to be questioned. Like I said, Giannis is only playing no more than 35, 36 minutes in these must win games. Okay, these are must win basketball games in the postseason. You're down 2 0, you're down 1 0, and you're still not playing over 40 minutes a game. And you're 25 years old and the MVP and defensive player of the year. You should be playing 40 minutes per game, checking their best player that night and playing, you know, the, the over 40 minutes, taking the last shot, dominating both ends. That is what a, a a back-to-back MVP defensive player of the year should be doing. That is not what Giannis was doing. But again, he's only playing 35 minutes. He needs to be up in the 40-40-42 range, especially in these close games like game two when they lose by two points. He definitely needs to be in the in the 40-point range or 40-minute range instead of the 35. If he is in the 40-minute range, maybe he's up in the 35 points instead of 29. And give him an extra five minutes, he's probably scoring at least another five-six points. So Yes, coaching needs to be looked at as well. It is not just Giannis and the guys not taking the in middleton, not taking and making the big shots. It is also coaching, taking Giannis out, not playing him 40 minutes when he needs to be playing 40 minutes. So coaching needs to be questioned. 35 minutes in a close game is not going to get it done. And and he doesn't necessarily seem to be tired. Okay, the MVP, like I said, should be playing 40 minutes. I think there are a couple of reasons, a few reasons uh, the Bucks are not doing well. Again, Giannis is only playing 35. Minutes, uh, he, he he himself cannot take and make. He can take, but he cannot make that outside late clutch jump shot that they need him to be able to take. They are closing out, you know, the paint, not letting him get to his his spots. So he needs to be able to take and make that outside jump shot. And the Heat and the Raptors last year are somewhat proving that there is a somewhat formula to beat the 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 Milwaukee Bucks and to beat Giannis. Don't let him get into the paint. Don't let him get to the rim, and he will not have the success he. Is used to the Bucks will not have the success they themselves are used to. So that that looks like it's the formula. The Heat and the Raptors are doing that. They seem to be making the Giannis formula. Uh, but yes, Giannis can't take and make the outside jump shot, and then no one else on Milwaukee seems to, to be capable of taking or, or making that outside clutch late jump shot, shooting them back into ball games. Again, Chris Middleton should be able to, is inconsistent late in the ball game, and they don't have anyone else necessarily, so they should, but they don't, and that, those are the biggest reasons uh, the Bucks are having troubles. Giannis is only playing 35, he can't make 35 minutes, he can't take or make the outside jump shot, and they have no one else necessarily to do that either way uh so a very shocking way for the milwaukee bucks to end their season again very shocking way uh, the Miami Heat, on the other hand, they are for real, looking legit. Uh, they are undefeated in the postseason so far. I was wrong about the Bucks, or, or you know, uh, in the comparison to them to Miami. I expected the Bucks to win in seven games, but on the other hand, I was right about the Milwaukee Bucks because I had them losing to the Toronto Raptors in the conference final. So I was I was wrong against Miami, but I was right about them overall against them uh, about them. Uh, not not being able to make it out of the Eastern Conference. So I was wrong, but then again, I was right. So I'm feeling pretty good about them, even though I was wrong about this series. I was right about them going out, not getting out of the Eastern Conference. So I was wrong, but I was right. Bucks are not winning the Eastern Conference. Okay, let's go ahead and, and keep the topic on basketball. Let's continue. We're not we're not going to do a break after the first time. We're going to go right to the second topic. Okay, we're going to do a break right before we discuss the final topic, the NFL and my prediction for their divisions. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to this topic, which obviously is going to be you know this year's Larry O'Brien Trophy. I think it's going to be or it's going to end up being uh, in Los Angeles one way or another. We are about, yeah, about halfway done uh, with the second round of the NBA's postseason. So we're about halfway. Some series, like the Milwaukee series, like I just got done uh, talking about that series, that's pretty much done. Like I said, that series is over. Uh, Miami is closing it. I was, long, I was wrong about Milwaukee, but then again, like I said, I was right. Uh, but we are over halfway, mm, excuse me, we are about halfway done. With the, um, with the second round of the postseason, like I said, and we have seen some great performances so far. We've seen two, two game sevens, Okay, not one, but two Game 7s so far. One, obviously, the uh, Nuggets and the Jazz, and the other, um, obviously, the Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So We've seen two Game 7s so far. Very close. A lot of great performances. Uh, a lot of the games so far have been very close. Like I said, a lot of great performances. Not necessarily too many individual great performances, but a lot of team, uh, great team performances and great team showings that we've seen. And uh, a lot of fairly close matchups, I think. In the postseason, especially in the first round and the second round, the matchups are great, even closer and even better than what we thought. There isn't a consensual like a, a a top number one overall pick that's like okay, you know, this guy's gonna win the championship. Unlike prior seasons, you know, there is not that prohibited favorite this year. Uh, you know, there's no Golden State. You know, there, you could argue excuse me, you know, you could argue those Los Angeles Clippers. I could argue the, the Los Angeles Clippers are the prohibited favorite. I think they, excuse me, I think they are the favorite. You know, they should, man, I, I just had some Sprite. Don't have Sprite uh, when you're doing a podcast. Okay. Either way, I think the, the the Clippers should be favored to win to win the championship this year. You know, with the two stars, if not super or superstars, on their team, uh, and then and then you got you got you got the two uh, uh, six men of the year. So I think the Clippers could be uh, argued they could be the Golden State of this season. But again, they don't they're not, not to that caliber whatsoever. They don't they don't have you know the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green. They don't have that. Uh, but I could argue the Clippers are the this season but the best two teams are both from the same city i think a lot of us can't agree you know about that right now the best two teams are from the same city in Los Angeles you know Boston does have 320 plus scorers on their team Toronto you know they're a very deep team as well if they can get past Boston uh, Miami is proving that they are They're they're proving their worth ultimately against the Bucks proving they are for real uh, upsetting a team a lot of people had winning the title this year so upsetting upsetting a team like I said in the MVP a team a lot of people saw winning the entire championship Miami is, so they're proving their worth. Houston has challenged the Lakers so far. You know, up until this point, Houston has challenged LA. It's gone back and forth, but what is Westbrook going to do going forward? He said it himself. He is kind of just running around uh, so far in the in this series. He's kind of been running around, has not been doing much. The Nuggets have been inconsistent, and especially Jamal Murray. I think in their losses, he's averaging only 20 points, but in the wins, like over 30. So Yes, in the losses he he has to be better every night, okay? In the loss, you know, like I said in the losses only 20 points, so he can't only be scoring 20 when the team obviously needs him to be at the 30 over 30 point mark to get the win. So the the team itself, they need to be more consistent, but they have shown promise. Obviously stealing a game from the Clippers, going seven with the Jazz, going coming come coming back uh from 3 to 1 not something we've we've seen you know prior history besides the Cleveland Cavaliers obviously so they come back from three to one and uh yeah they've shown a lot of promise so far but the Clippers you know they they are showing that they can and maybe they have turned it on or, or turned it up. Okay, especially in Game 3 against Denver in the fourth quarter. Doc came out and said it himself. He said, all right, let's come out and play some defense. They came out, and they played some defense. I think in the final eight or nine minutes, the— the um, Clippers scored 21 points, and the Nuggets scored six points in a very close game, and again game the Nuggets had up until that point. So, uh, yes, I think the Clippers are capable of, of flipping the switch and turning it on, which has been kind of the doubt for them all season. Can they f- turn it on despite having not so many games played together? Uh, I think they can, especially on the defensive end. The Bucks have proven they are a regular season team, uh, so I don't think they're obvi- they're obviously not a threat to win at all. Giannis going down with his ankle, then going being down three one. 3-0 oh, uh, oh, uh, they're not looking obviously to be a threat to win the whole thing uh, two teams I think like I've been talking about like I've been saying two teams have the best chances uh, to win but, but for different reasons, okay, it's not for the same reason, okay, for the Clippers, we know we're talking Clippers-Likers, obviously, but for the Clippers, uh, you know, they have the two stars, you could say the two superstars if you're that high on Paul George, Uh, you know, they have those two guys, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, then... You know, then after that, they they have the two six man of the year. If you don't know the six man of the year award, you know it's the two. error it, sorry, it's the best player coming off of the bench. Usually, it's a guy like Lou Williams scoring about twenty points coming off the bench, a guy who could be starting but thrives coming off the bench, really making a team even more deadly. So they have two now with Montrez Harrell and and Lou Will. They have two six men of the year. So the Clippers have two stars, superstars, and two Sixth Men of the Year to go along with a very deep roster. You know Beverly, uh, Shamit, Morris, multiple guys, Zubats, multiple good players, a deep roster, a Hall of Fame level coach uh, in Doc Rivers, a uh, Tyron Lou as or Ty Lu as a assistant coach who's won a championship. So that team is stacked. So that's the reason the Clippers have have a very good chance of winning. For the Lakers, not so much. Not really similar. A little similar though in the sense that they had do have the two stars uh, two top five top six current players in the league today so even more star power you could argue the Lakers have with LeBron and Anthony Davis and one of the, one of the stars being possibly if you're you know that high on LeBron possibly being the best player of all time so yes the Lakers have star power and then two of the top five top six players in the entire league two of the top five players in this season, definitely. Uh, but but like I said, two very different reasons. the The Lakers don't have the depth by any means that the Clippers do have. Uh, so the Clippers have two stars and then the depth to go along with it. Uh, not to talk crap in the Lakers' head coach. They also have an unproven, somewhat unproven head coach—a guy who has been around in, in the league and, and had some good teams, but has not been a championship-level coach to this point. Uh, but to the to 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 this point, the biggest threat, you know, to to, to the to the two Los Angeles teams. Have got to be each other, okay? They have got to be each other's biggest threat, and that is because you know they they've been talking. People have been talking about it all season. Uh, the, the the Lakers have the most star power in the league uh, with the Los A- with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and the Clippers have the most depth in the league. You could argue with the two stars and the two six Men of the Year coming off the year or coming off the bench. So. Yes, that those are the two reasons. Arguably, you know, they should both be uh, the favorites and the favorites to match up in the Western Conference Final. And, and both of them, whoever wins the Western Conference Final, I think should be the favorite to win uh, the NBA Final and be the championship this year. Like I said, the biggest threat to each to the to each of them are each other. Uh, and like I said, the overall the Clippers should be the favorite. They seem to be turning it up uh, on offense, especially on defense. They seem to be when they want to turning it up, especially game three, if you want an example, game three against Denver, they turn it up in the final eight seven nine minutes uh but Kawhi is averaging a career play is averaging career playoff numbers Paul George seems to be out of his playoff slump maybe playoff p like he calls himself uh will will finally be making it up will make making a consistent a, a performance or appearance I should say because we've seen glimpses, glimpses but will we see, will we see consistent playoff p like we like he says Uh, But they, like I said, seem to be able to flip the switch, uh, especially on defense. LeBron has has, has been showing he can turn it on and up when he wants to. You know, at the end of the Portland series, he was attacking and getting whatever shots he wanted, shooting very efficiently, averaging a triple-double for the entire series. And game one, we know game one against Portland against the Rockets has been a trend. It is a feel-out game. He is simply uh, feeling out what he should, what he needs to do to win the series. Game two, he comes out, plays much better, does what he needs to do to win the series, and they win the game. Uh, so I think we're going to see the consistent level of that attacking from LeBron. He needs to consistently be attacking. I know he can do that. Uh, and he's their best offensive player, I think, even, even despite having Anthony Davis. He's their best offensive player, and he needs to be uh, aggressive remain aggressive Keep attacking uh, because the Lakers can't have offensive struggles. Uh, you know, out of nowhere, very quickly they can go on a cold streak like that. So just as quickly they can be hot, they can be even colder, even quicker. So LeBron needs to can, uh, remain consistent and, and can uh, remain uh, aggressive and attacking. Anthony Davis needs to stop fading away. Every couple games or so, we know he's a monster, showing 40 points and like 12 rebounds, but then he'll go and give you uh, what 20 points and eight rebounds and not show up anywhere in the fourth quarter so he needs to stop fading away in the fourth quarter especially but fading away every couple games or so uh you know Versus Houston and the Clippers, especially against Houston and the Clippers, he must exploit and take advantage of the mismatch down low. He's got to take advantage of neither the Clippers or the Houston Rockets, having a guy to check him in the Painter down low. Uh, So we need to take advantage of his skill, his height. I'm waiting for that, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, But I like both LA teams at this point. I think they should both be the favorites uh, matched up against any other team remaining, you know, the Miami, Toronto, Boston, you know, the teams that might have a chance to get to the finals at this point uh, out East. I like both LA's chances against all three, Miami, Toronto, and Boston. Uh, The Clippers, I think will continue to roll against the Nuggets in five, maybe six. We'll see if the Nuggets can, can get, you know, get hot again and get consistent. Murray will really, really depends on his scoring effort, Uh, but we'll see. I think the Clippers will continue to roll through the, through the Nuggets in five. Uh, I think LA will struggle at times, Uh, with the perimeter scoring of Houston, Uh, but I think the Lakers will uh, eventually win in six games. Uh, I'm not saying either LA team will steamroll the competition to win the finals, uh, but I do think the odds are in the Lakers and the Clippers. I think the odds are in both of their favor this year. I think the Larry O'Brien trophy uh, will be going to Los Angeles one way, or another this year, okay? I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break, quick, quick word about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Shout out to Anchor. Uh, and then I'm going to come back, talk about the NFL division, my prediction for each NFL division. Don't go anywhere, guys. That stuff is coming up next. All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, like I said before the break, I want to discuss the NFL because you know the NFL is officially back. Everyone waiting for that big NFL fans. I am joining you. Uh, I'm I'm super excited, super stoked uh, for the beginning of the NFL season. Uh, you know, this Thursday starts the beginning of the of, of, of the season. Week one kicks off with the Chiefs and the Texans. You know, if you've been listening to my podcast, I, I gave my week one predictions last week. You know, I've done my over under for all thirty two teams. I've done that, been there, done that, Uh, so now what I want to do before the season starts, before it officially kicks off, one more record-based thing, right, Uh, before it starts, before they have a game under their belts. Uh, I want to I give you guys my predictions. What I think is going to go down. Uh, how each NFL division uh, will end up will will stack up uh, when it's all said and done. So I'm going to give you guys my prediction uh, for each NFL division. Let's go ahead and start with the AFC North. Okay, let's start uh, you know with the AFC AFC North in specific. Uh, I'll give you guys one through four. We'll start out with number one. Obviously, I'm going with the best team in the entire league, which everyone is calling them at least, at least to this point. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, right? The Ravens—they have the MVP and Lamar Jackson. They got a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of going out in the first round. They've added, you know, to that defense. They've—they've they've, they've gotten sharper on offense. It seems like Lamar, is, you know, seems to be getting better and better. Uh, so I got the Ravens uh, being number one in the AFC North. I don't think they're going to be 16 0 or anything like that. So I think. They will have some some issues throughout the season. Uh, rightfully so. You don't want you know your issues to arrive in the postseason. You want to get them kind of out throughout the regular season if you're going to have any. I think the Ravens are going to be thirteen and three, number one in the AFC North. All right, let's go into number. 2. The number 2. This was a tough decision. I was going bef- going between obviously the Steelers and the Browns. I am expecting the Browns to have a lot better of a season than last year. Baker needs to take a lot, you know, a, a much bigger step up on his like what second and third head coach now. So he needs to take a big step up. He has the offense and weapons around him. They have a defense. So he has the weapons that the team is equipped. I think the Browns should be the second team, you the know, second best team in the AFC North at 10-6. They should be. The Browns should be the second best team at 10-6. I was debating the Steelers at 10-6, but I ended up going with the Steelers at 9-7. Big Ben just missed some time for the first time in a while. He... He is, what, 38, 39 years old, nearing the end of his career. He does have weapons around him. The team went what 9-7 and seven without him, uh, but we'll see if he can remain healthy. We'll see. Still a very good team. I got the Steelers at 3rd, maybe at 10-6, and six, but I got 9-7, and seven, same thing as last year. Not much of a step up. We'll see. Maybe they can go 10-6 and six and take a step up. Either way, them and the Browns will be fighting, I think, for that number 2 spot. And then at number 4, pretty, e- pretty easy. Uh, we're going the Bengals at number 4. I think they will win about 4 games or So maybe five, but I think it's going to be about four games. Joe will, will win some, but he'll lose a lot. Uh, I think Joe, the, the Joe, the man, right. Uh, uh, Everyone has such high expectations for him, but I don't think him being—I don't see him being too, playing too. You know, I think he's going to play well, and then playing well is going to get four wins for Cincinnati, a not, uh, not well constructed a roster whatsoever. So, uh, rebuilding team for sure. They're going to win a handful of games, maybe four or so. Bengals, uh, bottom of the AFC North, four and twelve, maybe five or so games, but probably four and twelve. Let's move on to the AFC. East, okay, AFC East at the top of the uh, charts here for the first time in a while. A little change up here. Uh, we are not going to see the Patriots at the top of this leaderboard for the first time in I don't even know how long. Uh, the Bills, okay? Uh, the Bills being at the top of the AFC East at 10-6. They added to their offense. Uh, you know, uh, Josh Allen I think has a lot of potential. I think he can be dangerous at times as well with the offense around him. He is a good head coach, a good defense. I like the, I like the Bills for the first time in a while. Uh, to be number one in the AFC East at 10 and 6, I think the Patriots will be number two, however, in the division at 8 and 8. I know they've had a lot of pieces drop out, and the offense is still one of the worst offenses we've seen in a long time in the league. Not a lot of people to throw to, uh, so we'll see how 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 Cam does in the offense. I think he, uh, you know, he's said to be doing great, but who is he going to throw to ultimately? I think the offense will be limited, but that defense. Probably will be, you know, just as good as it has been. I think they will go neutral around that. I think they're going eight and eight. The Patriots, uh, with Cam, I was debating them going like seven or six wins, but I think ultimately they'll end up going eight and eight. Uh, and number three, I think the Dolphins. I think them and the Patriots will be fighting for that number two spot ultimately, uh, but I think the Dolphins will end up going seven and nine. We'll see how much Tua ends up playing a lot of additions to this roster. I think they do have some great moments throughout the season, but uh, I'm not sure if they take the huge leap quite yet. Tua's still getting into form. I think we'll see his first starting full season. I think is when they're really going to take the jump, but uh, I think they go seven and nine, maybe eight and eight, and, and they pass the Patriots for number two because I think they may have Then maybe depends who has the better matchup, obviously in the series, but. I think the Patriots and the Dolphins will both be fighting for that number two spot. My gut tells me to go with the Patriots, but it could very well be the Dolphins at number two. Uh, But number four, either way, Jets are going to be down there at number four in the division at four and 12. Okay, Jets down there at four and 12. Not too much to talk about. They traded Jamal Adams, best best defensive piece and leader. Uh, Not much to talk about on on the offensive end. A young quarterback has to prove himself. We'll see. Questions on the head coach. We'll see for the Jets. I don't think they win more than four or five games. I could be wrong, but I see four or five games for the Jets at fourth. Fourth for the AFC East. Now for the AFC South. AFC South, I think the Texans are at the very top of the AFC South. Uh, I think they're going to go 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6. and six. We'll see how Watson plays. He just got paid. Maybe he can, uh, you know... Uh, uh, bring that that not necessarily as talented offense with him and uh, get them to ten wins, but I, I think nine and seven is more realistic for the Texans. But they they, they go to the very top of the AFC South, and uh, ten and six maybe nine and nine and, or nine and seven maybe ten and six for the Texans, but they lead at number one for the AFC South. Let's go at number two. I'm going the Titans. Okay, not too much to talk about. They did have Clowney, uh, but you know their their quarterback is limited. They know they're going to run the ball a lot. Added to the defense a lot, I think that is going to help them get to neutral. I have the Texans at number two uh, at eight and eight, but perhaps they're fighting the Texans for that number one spot, Uh, but I think the Titans will go eight and eight. Limited quarterback, we'll see, kind of maybe peaked last year. We will see Titans go eight and eight, maybe nine and seven, fighting Texans for that spot. Maybe Texans go ten and six. Either way, Titans are looking good for that number two spot in the South Colts then at number three. I think they go seven and nine. New in an old quarterback and Phillip Rivers. He did have weapons around him last year. Failed to do to to to, to play great, and uh, ultimately we see him moving on. Them drafting a young quarterback. I think the Colts go seven and nine because they do have a talented team. Seven and nine, perhaps eight and eight for the Colts, perhaps they're fighting the Texans for that number 2 spot, and then at the bottom, non-disputable Jaguars, Jags, at the very bottom of that AFC South division uh, I think they're only going to win about 2 maybe 3 games, maybe 3-13, and 2-14 uh, but it's not looking good whatsoever uh, for them. They're trading away pieces. They, they they just cut their 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 uh, running back. So and Fournette, who was actually my fantasy running back, not necessarily running, loving that, but I do love where he went in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm liking that. Jags are not looking good. Rebuilding for sure. Two and fourteen, perhaps three and thirteen. Bottom of the AFC South. AFC West then. Last last in the AFC. Uh Chiefs are gonna be at the top of the AFC, I think, at eleven and five, maybe twelve and four. We'll see how great they do. Still riding the high of the Super Bowl. Some teams, you know, that they, they trade they trailed in a lot of their games last year, all of their postseason games. So we'll see if they can if they can win, you know, come back and win a lot of games this season. I think they go eleven and five top of the AFC West. Broncos, they play better this season or ne- this season. Than last season, they take a slight jump up with the young quarterback, a better offense, and they still de- better, Good defense of so Broncos, uh, nine and seven second in the AFC West. And then, uh, third in the AFC West, I'm going Raiders at eight and eight, perhaps they go nine and seven and challenge the Broncos, but I think they go eight and eight, uh, perhaps nine and seven. Maybe they go 10 and six even and surprise us. Uh, but I'm not in love with the Raiders, but I do think they, they, they did, 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 very well in the draft. Perhaps they go 9-7 and seven and challenge the Broncos, 10-6, and six, and challenge the Broncos for that two spot. So Broncos and Raiders are fighting for that two and three spot. And then Chargers, I think, will be the four. Honestly, I think, honestly, Chiefs will have the number one seed locked up or spot locked up, and then two through four, honestly, will, will be interchangeable because the Chargers could go seven and nine, eight and eight. We'll see how Tyrod plays, their, their young quarterback plays, but Herbert plays, but... You know, I think the that's very interchangeable, two through four for for the AFC West. I think the Broncos and Raiders should be at the top and, and Chargers should be at the bottom. But we'll see. Uh, you know, Besides the Chiefs, the rest of the matchup for the AFC West could be uh, a puzzle, could be a, a, a piece that is moving throughout the entire season. Uh, the NFC East. Okay, so let's go out, uh, start out with the NFC East. Cowboys, I think they're going to lock up the number one seed. I'm hoping, okay, they can get the number one spot in that NFC. So I have, I have faith in the new head coach. Uh, improved offense, somewhat improved defense. Didn't uh, someone address the cornerback issue? Cornerback issue. We'll see. I think they did improve somewhat on the defensive end. Did improve on the offensive end. I think the hopefully the Cowboys go ten and six, maybe nine and seven. So I'm, I'm thinking they go nine and seven, maybe ten and six. Cowboys are number one. I think the Eagles match the Cowboys' record they always seem to be super close interchangeable uh, their two records always seem to be like that like I said so um the Cowboys and the Eagles, uh, Eagles, I think will have a very similar, if not the same record. Both of them, both of them will go 9-7. If not, both of them will go 10-6. and six. I think that is what will happen. That is usually what we see. Coming down to it, it comes down to the final game for these two teams. I think it will do the same thing this year. They might have the same record. I hope the Cowboys I'm, I'm pulling for the Cowboys to beat them, though, in this season series. The Giants, then, will be at number 3 in the NFC East. I think they will be at 6-10. and 10. I think they take the uh, similar. Improvement from last year. They win six games and, and start taking the gradual improvement with all of their young players. Giants at number three, number four at the bottom, Washington football team. I'm giving them four wins. A lot of people are counting them out. They've had a lot of controversy. So I think they come out and just play football, hopefully. I think they get about four wins. They have, you know, they added it to their defense. We'll see if Alex Smith can come in and play. We'll see if Haskins took a took a jump forward. New head coach. We'll see. I think four and twelve at the bottom of the NFC East for Washington Cowboys at the top. Eagles probably with the same record. NFC North. Uh, I think the Packers are at the, are at the top of the NFC North, but the Vikings are right there behind them. I think it's gonna be neck and neck race uh, race between Green Bay and and uh, Minnesota. Both of them will probably go either go eleven and five or ten and six or want to go eleven and five and want to go ten and six. So Vikings and Green Bay will be interchangeable for the one and two spot for NFC North number three will be the Bears at seven and nine. I'm pretty confident in that. Nothing too great. Maybe, Maybe they go eight and eight. Uh, Nick Foles will, will get some plays. Uh, I think they will have some quarterback issues throughout the season when Trubisky doesn't necessarily play great. Uh, so I think they will have some quarterback issues. The Lions, I think, will be at the bottom of the uh, NFC North at 6-12. Stafford will come back, but not too much to talk about for that team. They win six games, maybe seven, but probably six. And then the NFC South, I think the Saints take the number one spot over Tom and the Bucks, uh, the Saints have been together. They added to the offense, still have that good defense. The Saints go in at 11 and 5, a very good regular season team, as we know. Saints are at the top of the NFC North. Uh, Bucks are right behind them. I think they go 10 and 6 to the Saints 11 and 5. Bucks are right, by, right, right behind them at 10 and 6, uh, looking very good. Not a pick you want to underestimate though when the postseason begins. Falcons right there at 9 and 7, a very good team, uh, consistent team. Someone added added to their team this season didn't necessarily go anywhere though not a huge improvement but didn't necessarily go anywhere I think they are nine and seven they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago for a reason at the bottom of the NFC South the Panthers I think they're going to win six games maybe seven new head coach new quarterback new system we'll see I think they win six games maybe seven but not too high on them at, at, at first maybe I'll change my opinion but I think they win six maybe seven games next year probably six so that's what I think, guys. That is my prediction uh, for all of the A- uh, NFL divisions. Okay, that's what I think. It's that that's how I think it's going to end up and stack up at the end. You know, when it's all said and done. Uh, that's also going to be it for today's episode of Dudes Talkin' Sports. Thank you as always uh, for your continued support. Please leave me a comment or a review on whatever platform you are listening on. You can go to Anchor, leave me a voice message of what you think of the podcast or the error or this episode in general. I uh, would really appreciate that. Thank you again for all the continued support. Uh, the NFL is starting tomorrow. Cannot wait for it to get going. We are, I'm guessing to have even more NFL news. Like I said, this past week has been insane. Uh, I'm guessing to have even more. Uh, hopefully the same, if not even more, uh, sports news uh, within the next week. Again, thank you for the continued support uh, here at Dudes Talking Sports. I'll see you guys next Wednesday.